So you may be here this morning after last week's message that Neil gave on marriage and specifically um, the role of husbands, that you may be prepared this morning for a message on wives. Um, I want to start by saying thank you to Neil for that message. It challenged me considerably. And I spent um, a good part of the week as a, as a good husband outlined in, in Proverbs 31 that we looked at, reminding my wife, Alison, simply this fact over and over and over, that there are many women who are virtuous and capable in the world, but that she, Alison, who's sitting over there, spotlight would be good, um, but that she surpasses them all. Agreed? Yes. Um, I can also tell you that perhaps there's a limit to how much encouragement one person can receive. Um, it begins to have an undesired effect, and uh, perhaps for that reason I'm not going to be speaking to the wives this morning. But more importantly, what I want to speak to you about this morning is, is something that God's really placed on my heart and, and has for me to challenge all of us with this morning. I think it's something that we need to hear as a church, it's something that we need to hear as individuals seated here this morning. And it comes in the form of a question. And it's a question that Jesus asked when he was a significant way through his ministry journey. He had his disciples, he'd been travelling around, he'd been performing miracles, he'd been healing the sick, he'd been followed by vast quantities of people and so he was teaching them and his disciples as he went. And so he had this huge gathering of people that would constantly follow him around and this one particular day, there was this opportunity to, for Jesus to, to separate away with his disciples and no crowds and have this personal, intimate moment with them. And it's one I want to look at this morning. And we can read about it in Matthew 16 from verse 13. If we can get that up on the screen. Beautiful. Jesus asked his disciples, who do people say that the Son of Man is? Well, they replied, some say John the Baptist, some say Elijah, and others say Jeremiah or one of the other prophets. And then he asked them, but who do you say I am? And Simon Peter answered, you are the Messiah, the son of the living God. In this moment, in this opportunity, away from the crowds, away from, from the busyness of public ministry, Jesus asked his, his disciples these two questions. The first one, who, who do people say the Son of Man is? Now, Jesus was known as the Son of Man. It distinguished him. He was known as the Son of God. He was known as the Son of Man, indicating that he was, he was born as a human. He was there in human flesh. And in this moment, in this opportunity away from the crowds, he asked them this question, who do people say that I am? And that's a relatively easy question to answer. You can see it because they all replied, well, you know, they say you're this and, you know, they say that you're, you're John the Baptist or maybe you're Elijah or, or maybe you're Jeremiah or one of the other prophets has been risen from the dead. You know, in order for them to respond to that first question, they just had to repeat the things that they'd heard. They, had, they just had to repeat what other people's opinions were. And there was lots of them. And it would have been an easy question to ask. 
You know, it's easy to give someone else's opinion, isn't it? It doesn't require us to have a a whole heap of self-thought. And as we can see there, it, it says they replied. So all of the disciples were contributing to the answer to this question. There's no real personal connection to the answer. There's no real consequence for what you say because it's someone else's opinion. And then Jesus fires the follow-up question. And that's the question that God's put on my heart to, to challenge us all with this morning. The question is, who do you say that I am? Jesus asked them, who do you say that I am? And unlike that first question, this question is a lot more pointed. It's a lot more personal. And so we see that the disciples don't just jump in and fire answers off. There doesn't appear to be this immediate response. There's not the same ease of answer from the disciples as the first question, but then Simon Peter speaks up and he says, you are the Messiah sent from God. He declares that Jesus is the Messiah, the one who had been prophesied about all through the Old Testament, the one who had come from the line of King David, who would come and he would save the Israelite nation, God's chosen people. And here Peter is declaring that Jesus is the Son of God. And it required him to put himself out there. It required him to be vulnerable. It, it, to, to, to give his answer, he had to think about it. And he had to get personal with Jesus. It wasn't just repeating what someone else had said. And it's this question that I want to challenge us with this morning, to find an answer to this question today afresh. Maybe you've answered this question before. Maybe you haven't. And I want you to consider your answer and to take some time. Again, it's a personal question and you are the only one that can answer that question. And over the last few months, we've been, we've been looking at this topic of, of relationship. You know, we've looked at church family relationships. We've looked at uh, relationships within the family unit. We've looked at um, relationships within the community. And, and, you know, last week we did wives. Hopefully, husbands. No, we did husbands. We did husbands. Wives is coming soon too, isn't it, Neil? Sure. Get ready, wives. But all of these different, different relationships, there's one fact, there's one thing, there's one approach, there's one response that we can have and shapes everything else, and that is the answer to this question. Who do you believe that Jesus is? Who do you believe that God is? Because what we believe about God and what we believe about who Jesus is ultimately impacts how we view every single other relationship that we have in our lives, including the relationship that we have with ourselves. And I'm not going to stand up here this morning, I'm not going to tell you what your answer should be. Because that's someone else's opinion. You know, you can't say, oh, Matt says this, this is my answer. You know, I can certainly help you shape 
what your answer is, and Neil can help you shape that. And in fact, we all contribute to the shape of our answers to this personal question. But ultimately, it's a personal choice about who we see God as in our lives. You know, our heart here at Cornerstone as a leadership team is to see everyone having this close and personal relationship with God, to see God active and at work in your life, for you to be finding your full God-centred potential by having true and deep relationship with Him, to find the fullness and freedom of life that God brings in all its entirety. But all of that is entirely up to you. You know, you've probably, you've probably heard the saying, you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make it drink. It's the same with our belief and relationship with God. You know, we can, we can lead you to a place of knowing that, that God wants you to be in relationship with you and he wants all of these things for you and there's all these promises that he wants for you, but you're the one that needs to invite him in. And you're the one that needs to seek him and, and to grow in relationship with him. That is entirely up to each one of us as individuals in the way that we respond to this question. Who do you say I am? Again, when we enter into relationship with God, that relationship becomes the foundation for all other relationships. Who we believe that God is affects our relationship and it even affects who we believe that we are ourselves. Our identity is impacted by who we believe God is and who Jesus is in our lives. And our true identity is tied to being in relationship with him. And so do you have a personal answer to that question in your life right now? Maybe you're here this morning and you don't have a personal relationship with God. I want to tell you that God wants to be in relationship with you and he's waiting for you to make that decision and invite him in. You know, maybe you are here this morning and your belief of who God is is based on what others around you are doing. You're just going along with the flow of what everyone else is doing. You know, maybe you're here this morning and you feel really secure and certain of your personal answer. And you have this amazing and deep relationship with God, but isn't it good to reflect and to think, who is God in my life right now? And it's my prayer that we have a hunger for Him and a desire to be in deep relationship with Him. And as we do that, we need to be encouraging each other in our walk. Encouraging each other with who God is in our lives so that we can all be in that place of certainty of who Jesus is. You know, for me, I, I grew up in a, in a Christian home. I went to church every Sunday. I was involved in church uh, music ministry from a really young age. I, I went to youth group as a, as a high schooler. And when I was about 15, I invited Jesus into my life at a, at a pool party at Casuarina Pool at a youth group event. And I kept going to church. And then I started leading youth group because I was too old to be a participant. So I wanted to keep going so I had to lead it. And then I started heading up the church ministry of music. And then I got married to my amazing wife, Alison, who I talked about before. 
and things just seem to cruise along. But if, if I'm really honest with you this morning, I would have to admit that, that for the, the majority of my early relationship with God, I was just going with the flow of those around me. You know, I love to get wrapped up in moments of worship and I'd be part of Bible studies and, and I'd get into God's Word and I'd pray with people when I was in groups. But apart from that, they were the only times that I opened my Bible. They were the only times that I spent in prayer. There was no personal intimacy between me and God. Despite having amazing parents who are here this morning who, who deeply love God, despite being surrounded by amazing Christian people and being married to, once again, an amazing woman. <laughs> no, Ali, seriously, you're going to get serious here. Ali's heart for God is what's brought me to this place, I am sure. Because my personal relationship was lacking. You know, I'd invited him in, but there was no deeper connection. I was always reliant on others. I was happy to go with the flow. There wasn't any real hunger in my life for him in my personal time. Now, I'm excited to say I'm standing here this morning and that is very different now. And I pursue for the more of God because I know who he is in my life. And I look back from where I come to where I am now and I've actually asked the question, you know, how different would it look if I made that commitment, that true commitment, way back. And I've come to the realisation that you can't go back. It's not a hard realisation to come to, is it, really? And there's no point in thinking about the past, because what is done is done, and what has happened can't be changed. But in honesty, I wouldn't want to change a thing. Because that is who God is. He is patient and he is loving and his heart is for us. And he is wanting to be in deep relationship with us and he is waiting for us to be in deep relationship with him. I want to encourage us this morning to lock into that, to seek him deeply not to just go with the flow, but to go deep with him from right now. To get into his word, to be praying in your own personal time, to, to be listening for his voice, to be seeking his direction for your life. To answer that question personally that Jesus is asking us this morning, who do you say I am? Who do you believe that I am? Where does Jesus and, and where does God sit in your life right now? Again, maybe you are searching. And maybe you want to know more. And you don't have that relationship with God that I'm talking about. And there'll be an opportunity for you to later to invite him into your life and, and begin this personal relationship with him. You know, maybe you are just going through the motions, sort of like what I was. You're just moving along with the flow of everyone else. You know, maybe you're here this morning because it's just what you've always done. 
You know, you go to church on Sundays, that's what you do. And you actually lost sight of what it is that we're here to do. Or maybe again you're here because you are in this awesome place of deep relationship with God. And you have this incredible desire to be in His presence. And you want that for everyone else too. Whatever the case, God wants more of you. He desires to be in deeper and deeper and deeper and deeper relationship with you. You He wants to speak His promises and His truth into your life. You know, he desires relationships so much that he sent his son Jesus to die for us on a cross. I don't care how many times you've heard it, but Jesus died for you. Who do you say he is right now in this moment? And you know, there's an incredible, powerful thing in the things that we speak out the things that we listen to, the things that we believe. And so I want to ask this morning, what are you speaking out today? What are you listening to? Are you listening to your voice or are you listening to God's voice? What are you believing for? Are you, again, are you believing for your thoughts or are you believing for God's thoughts in your life? You know, there's this verse that's popped up in my men's group and in my quiet time and a number of different places over the last month or so and it's, it's Matthew 6.33 which says, Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Seek first. To seek God first. To be putting God first. To be handing over all the stuff that's in our lives that isn't of God. Like what we did in communion this morning to be looking for God first, regardless of what we've got going on in our lives, to be ready and willing to listen to his voice, to even know what his voice sounds like, to stop listening to our own voice and the opinions of others around us and actually be silent and be still. This being still thing is a really key thing for us. And it's something that I personally really struggle with to quiet all of the stuff that's going on in my head. In fact, I wrote a song which we sing here sometimes, Be Still and Let Go. And that came out of the need for me to remind myself that I need to be in that place. I need to be still with God, to quiet the voices in my head that are my own, to quiet my thoughts and to listen for God. And I I remember about, probably about five years ago, a bit more than five years ago, um, our family was expecting uh, our third child um, and Alison and I were, my wife and I were considering buying a bigger house and uh, to cater for our, our growing family and we had a connect group that was just going awesome and our lounge room was too small so that was another reason to buy a bigger house. And um, anyway, things were going a bit crazy at work. My My work was up in the air, there were changes happening, I wasn't sure what was going to happen there, whether I'd have a job or anything like that. 
And so I had all of this stuff going on. And then there was just general work and life stuff going on. So I had all of this stuff just stewing in my head and all of the, my voices in my head. And one of the things I love to do is to go fishing. And uh, so around about this time, um, my lovely wife suggested that maybe I should just go for a quick fish after work every day to sort of clear my head so I'd come home, you know, rather than bleh. And so that's what I was doing. And, I, and so I, I, was, I would take my fishing rod to work, I would go to work, I would leave work and I'd go down to a, a fishing spot and um, I'd spend some time just hopefully catching a fish and um, just clearing my head of the day. And I remember on this particular day, I went down to my spot and I arrived and uh, I'd got the tides wrong and it, the water was just way, way, way out. And um, anyway, so I love fishing and there was water there. So I started a long walk down a path through the mangroves and then out onto the muddy sort of rocky bottom. It was quite stable, so it wasn't too bad. Um, but when I got there, the water was so shallow that I couldn't even throw a lure. Like you could see the lure sticking into the mud for as far as I could cast. I was really disappointed. And so I found myself after like a probably 15 minute walk. It was, I walked a long way out and I was all alone. There was no one else around. I had muddy shoes. Ugh. That's almost as bad as sand. I don't like sand. So I had muddy shoes. There was no water, so there was no fish. And I had these million questions going through my head. And I started firing them all at God. What's going to happen with this house? What's going to happen with my work? How are we going to be able to deal with another baby in the house? What was, what was I doing? What am I doing? What's happening with my job? Am I going to have a job? What if I don't have a job? What if I don't have any money? We've got a baby coming. What if I don't have any money? And what if we don't have a bigger house? And what? Ah! Went this voice. Shut up! And I looked around. And there was no one there. I think this is probably the first time I'd audibly heard God speak to me. And what a word, hey. <laughs> and so in that moment, I stopped. And I was still. And I looked around and I, I looked at the chaos that was before me, the lack of water that interrupted my fishing, the muddy shoes. Um, the long walk that I'd had with no fishing, I don't like walking either, and I didn't have any fish. And then as I stood and as I looked around, I began to notice things like little crabs running across the mud, grabbing food and going back to their holes, and other crabs coming out of their holes and spitting stuff out. And then birds going along the edge of the non-existent water and catching fish. There was fish there. And, uh, and then the wind blew and the mangroves were making this funny shh sound that was quite relaxing. And, and then I thought about how the tide comes in and it comes all the way in and it just 
wipes everything out and it's just, it's chaos. And then I noticed as I stood there that, that actually that chaos is exactly what God had intended for his creation. It's exactly what he'd planned. Everything was there doing exactly what it needed to do in order to be the amazing ecosystem that supports the fishing that I love to do. That aside, but... And so here I was in this place that just looked completely chaotic and yet it was exactly what God had planned. And so I left that day after dealing with my muddy shoes. I put them in the back of my car. And I felt this amazing sense of peace about everything. God had taken my chaos and he brought about peace. All because I was still and I heard his voice. And looking back now, I know that God had it all under control. You know, we found, we found and bought a great house, which we still have, and there were challenges and, and there was a bit of chaos along the way in making that happen, but it happened. And uh, I got a promotion at work, which was really great because then I had money and I could pay for the house and the baby and, oh, it was great. And I can tell you that work is still chaotic and it's filled with challenges. And then our son Toby arrived. And for those of you who know Toby, he's had an incredible journey. He's now nearly five. He has Down syndrome. He's had eight different operations. He's just somewhat chaotic (laughs) and filled with challenges. But it's awesome. And God has so clearly laid out everything. He had control of that whole situation and I want to encourage us this morning to take the opportunities to be still and to listen for God's voice. I want us to take the opportunity to be still and to take the time to consider our answer to this question. Who do you say that I am? To reflect on that personal answer. To reflect on... on how that impacts you and how you relate to our Heavenly Father. And so we're actually going to do that now. Can I get the worship team to to come up? I've asked these guys, they're just going to play some more songs. We're not just going to do one song and finish, they're just going to play. So if you want to sit in this place, I want to give you the opportunity to do that. I want to give you the opportunity just to sit or to stand or to sing and worship, to pray, to kneel, whether it's at your seat or even up the front here, to simply be still and soak in God's presence this morning. To really reflect on who you think that Jesus is, who you think that God is in your life. Don't rush off this morning. You know, maybe you are here again this morning and you're listening to what I'm saying and you don't have that relationship with God. I'm going to give you a moment, an opportunity in a moment to ask God into your life through a simple prayer that we're going to pray together. You know, maybe you are here this morning and you have a relationship with God but you've never been baptised. Or maybe you're here this morning and you, you have a relationship with God but you, 
you haven't received the gift of the Holy Spirit or experienced God speaking directly to you. It says in Acts 2, it says, each of you must repent of your sins to God and be baptized in his name for the forgiveness of sins. And then you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. This is a promise to you. Now, we have all been called by God. He wants to be in relationship with us. And God's put this on my heart to challenge us all this morning to, to reflect on our attitude and to reflect on our belief of who He truly is. You know, if you're here this morning and you haven't been baptized, I want to encourage you to do that. Maybe that is, that is part of what answering this question is about for you. And so come and talk to me or come and talk to Neil about that. You know, maybe you are here this morning and you, and you don't feel like you've got that gift of the Holy Spirit. Maybe you haven't heard Jesus and God speaking to you directly. I want to encourage you to pray and ask God for that. And then sit and be still or come to the front and I'll pray with you. And pray for the outpouring of God's Holy Spirit on your life as it's promised in God's Word. Take the opportunity to just be still. And as always, if you have a need, I'd love you to come to the front. I'd love to pray for you. And so as we close, if you are here this morning and you don't have that personal relationship with God, know that he loves you and that he wants to be able to call you his son or his daughter. And he's inviting you into this amazing family of God. And God is wanting to forgive you of all his sins, of all your sins. And he wants to welcome you with open arms. And so if you want that this morning, I want to invite you to pray this simple prayer with me right now. Let's just pray together. Lord God, thank you for your son Jesus who died on the cross for me. Forgive me of all my sin and I invite you into my life. Thank you that I am forgiven because Jesus died for me. Thank you that you love me so much that you would die for me. Amen. If you prayed that prayer this morning, then that is awesome and I'd love to welcome you to God's family and, and love you to come and tell me if that's you or fill out one of the green cards on the back table. But let's just spend some time now just soaking in his presence. Let's be still. Let's sit, let's stand, let's worship, let's kneel. Whatever you felt led to do in this space to answer that question that Jesus is asking us this morning. Who do you say I am? Amen. Love you, Lord.